I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to the We Got the Chocolates podcast. It's the sports podcast for the non-professionals. If you tried really hard to be good at sport, but never quite nailed it, you're in good company. Check out these less than marvellous bits coming up. So we're going to eventually play a handful of games for, for Australia, T20 games for Australia, and then he's going to go into reality TV. So that's my, my, my call on putting one record for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyone out there, make sure you follow Monet on Instagram if he's willing to let you follow him. But <laughs> last time they saw this, this T20 game at the field, so they nestled in under the tree there, and then, yeah, there was Tuna Monet or Lobster Monet. <laughs> and now over to Lee. Sam and Mitch with the marvellous We Got the Chocolates podcast. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. I'm Lee. I'm Mitch. And we actually have has, yeah, there he is, he's got it, We've, he's on the phone and he's not with us, but he's in the bubble life again, has, how is the Michael Buble? Yeah, not too bad guys, just uh, had a training session tonight again, so um, all going well. Good, and obviously the fact that you were in the bubble has led to us having a guest to speak to on the podcast this week. Yeah, yeah, our guest is in the bubble with me, so that was very fortunate. Um, and it is Mornay Morkel. He, uh, he actually, obviously, he um, didn't know of the podcast before meeting me. It's not that worldwide yet, unfortunately, but hopefully weird. he will help. Hopefully he will help us grow it. But um, as soon as he found out about it, he uh, was keen to get on board. I didn't really even have to ask him. He was. He said, "Get me on. Let's, let's have a chat. Let's uh, let's record it." So I think he actually wants a half an hour segment on each podcast from this point on, doesn't he? Has yeah, yeah. Post hanging up, he uh, he said he enjoyed it so much. He wants to keep on doing it. He's got some got some uh, points to bring up that he wants to discuss with our listeners. Okay, all right, excellent. Well, the only problem is, has we obviously won't be able to do that over. The medium of Instagram, because Skinnle, uh, you may have heard, got us banned from that. No, certainly <laughs> not Skinnle. I'll leave you guys for a couple of weeks and look what happens. Oh, that's an absolute <laughs> nightmare, honestly. Uh, the situation, All the hard work I've done, you know. <laughs> this is Monday night that we're recording. The situation has not improved any to any, all listeners listening there. Um, it's still exactly the same as last week. So we may have a 2.0 Instagram page up and running by the time you're listening to this. It's currently up and running. It's just got zero post. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah, we've accumulated one random follower, probably Goaty, I think it was. Wasn't it? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. So we can get that gold as well. Uh, now, Skinner, what are you electing to drink? I think it probably has to be drinking at the same time as well, I believe. But what have you gone for? Uh, obviously, an alchemy beverage, that mango frappe that I had last week. You just I'm, literally yeah, won't I'll get on a roll. And, uh, yeah, 
just stuck with it now for the next couple of weeks, I think. Flogging a dead horse. Yeah, exactly. uh, how's you keeping up when you need us to mail some through? No, I run out of my Alchemy Cordials Australia products here, so I'm in need of a care a care package. It might be a bit tough for you to mail it in. Do your best, please. But uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're in and out of cities um, at a random order at the moment. We're not quite sure where we'll be next with uh, with COVID messing up our plans, but we're, we're getting the games in at least. But I'm, I'm lacking on the Alchemy products, so please send them through if you can. Yeah, perfect. So where are you at the moment, Melbourne? In Melbourne, yeah. So... We play Perth in Melbourne and uh, don't even play Melbourne at all in Melbourne before we go to Adelaide. <laughs> we play a game in Adelaide uh, and then we come back to Melbourne, I think. And then I think we go back to Adelaide after that or something. I don't know. It's, um, right. yeah. you, um, we're getting games in, so that's good. Are you planning on having any more games at the Gabba this season or have I missed my chance to come to one? I don't think it has actually organised us the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, come on, I'm in the know. Uh, no, actually, actually, uh, I don't think there's anything scheduled at the Gabba at this stage. I don't know what they're going to do with finals, but okay. uh, they're taking it week by week, and day by day even at this stage. Okay. Yeah. Now, guys, I'd had to interrupt this chat, but um, and skin on, I'm pleased you got some words in because you yeah. don't actually speak again, really, for the oh, yeah. duration of yeah, this. Yeah, we could probably mention that. I wasn't here for the no. chat with Mornay Morkel. It was, was during lockdown, actually, yeah. so... It was myself, uh, Haz and Mornay are obviously sitting in the same room. They're on a laptop on a Zoom call. So the audio quality is slightly lesser than what you would ex- expect from probably the Wig of the Chocolates Enterprise. Mm, yeah, huge uh, Enterprise. And also there's minimal from skin, which, which is probably normal. wouldn't yeah. notice that much. Yeah, that won't change too much. <laughs> no, but. That's right. But this is a wonderful chat, guys, uh, and we will get stuck into that right now. Um, yeah, my guest is uh, actually a Brisbane Heat player. Hasn't played for us this season, unfortunately, yet, but he is someone that a lot of people, a lot of cricket fans out there would know and would have seen played for his country a lot. He's, uh, he's played 86 tests, or at least that's what I could find online, uh, for uh, South Africa, taking 309 wickets, uh, 117 ODIs with a bowling average of 25.32, which is pretty good numbers. Uh, an economy of only 7.5 in T20s. He's played in England, the IPL, the CPL, of course, talking about Mornay Morkel. Mornay, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Great to be on. I think one stat you missed out is I'm also the world record holder for the most wicket snowball. You know, to, yeah, so I've got, that, I've got that world record to my to my name. So that's something <laughs> I'd like to add on to my CV. But I'm um, great to, to join you guys. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, they've been delaying it for, for the past week, but um, special to be on it. So, how many wickets do you reckon you've taken off no balls? Yeah, it's 13 official. It's a world. Honestly, I'm a world record holder for that. So, um, not really. It's not something I should be very proud of. But uh, yeah, it's 13. And then if you have to go, you know, sort of in domestic games and stuff, I've played in first class cricket. There's a couple more. Have yeah. you found a way to keep your foot behind the line? Is there a, a tactic you use now? I'm a little bit better now, um, but I think it's just my my legs. I've got ridiculously long legs. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, for me, I th- I use that excuse. Mornay, imagine now when they're replaying the no balls after every single delivery as well. You could literally have taken 65 wickets off no balls. I was, I was actually joking about it. I, know, I said, imagine if I was playing now. It would have been an absolute no. But no I, I would have bowled 13 ball overs, I reckon. Or maybe that would have been the, the fix, you know, with the, the more camera sort of time on me now, that would have been a, probably the, the easier fix for me. 
<laughs> it would have definitely forced you to fix it. Now, guys, life in the life in the bubble for both of you obviously has. I haven't really got to speak to you very much either. But uh, how's it? We're in lockdown in Brisbane at the moment, so normally would be playing cricket. And instead, uh, I'm going to have a chat with you. So probably an upgrade, to be fair. But I was wondering. I had to go. Got back from Victoria the other day, so compulsory uh, COVID test. Do you guys have to have them all the time? Because they're the worst test I've ever. Like I finished crying. It was horrible. <laughs> no, I haven't had too many. I've had a couple, um, and uh, it hasn't been terrible. You get a bit of variation between testers, uh, but no, our, I mean our, our quarantine measures haven't been too strict uh, most of the time. We've been able to go out for dinner if we eat outside and um, go for a walk along the waterfront at South Bank when we're staying there. Uh, play a bit of golf. I've uh, been able to go to the beach, but the last couple of days have been a little bit stricter now with the Brisbane Brisbane lockdown. We um we still have to. Still have to stay in the room uh, a bit, bit more now, so it's unfortunate. But Mornay has been quarantining more than most people of late. I mean, I've had a, a little a interesting journey. Um, so I've done six weeks of quarantine. We uh, so I was five months in the UK, played there for Surrey, came back, did two weeks um, in Sydney, was a week at home, and then did two weeks on the border of New South Wales and Queensland before I joined up with the Heat Boys. And then was with the with the, with the team for two weeks. We went to Canberra. After Canberra, we had eight days off. Uh, I decided to, to go home, or I wanted to go home for um, for two a couple of days just to go see my family. And then obviously there was the you know the Northern Beaches cluster, so I had to do another two weeks. So I've I've done my fair share of quarantine now, you know, oh. in this big <laughs> period, and also, you know, yeah. So I've, I've ticked those boxes. It's a lot of quarantine for not many games either, because when yeah. you went to England. You actually got injured after your quarantining, yeah. didn't you? So injured ankle, and you come back and um, still rehabbing that ankle in Canberra, yeah. and then you went when you went home because he because he lives in the northern beaches of New South Wales. So uh, yeah, that was super unfortunate that, that that cluster of COVID happened there, and you had to had to quarantine again. Um, but so you you had, you had to quarantine a couple of times in northern New South Wales before yeah. coming back to us. So what what sort of stuff were you doing in northern New South Wales there? Um, the, the nice thing about that was it wasn't sort of, I wasn't stuck in the room, so I could go out and, you know, catch, catch a bit of fresh air. So, you know, for me, when I, when I get the opportunity, I always, I always travel the fishing rod. So for me, it was, you know, going out, um, you know, cross the line and, and hopefully get lucky. Um, you know, I'm sort of, sort of getting, doing the surf, getting into my surfing. Um, you know, when I, my last six years before moving to Australia, I lived in Cape Town. So, Got on a surfboard a couple of times, but unfortunately with my ankle, I was a little bit nervous to, to try that out. And I'm also sort of just sussing out the locals. I think the locals here yeah, are very protective over their waves. And <laughs> if uh, Afrikaans accent all of a sudden pops up there with a longboard that's, you know, abnormally long, it's uh, going to be you know, frowned upon. But um, yeah, so it was just basically uh, yeah, a little fishing. Um, the nice thing is the, the last one I had my family with me, which which made it you know a little bit more easier. Um, I think as soon as you're stuck in a room for two weeks and your mind starts wondering, family, what your boys are up to, and that's where you can get a little bit depressed and life can be a bit tricky. But yeah, so the last one I had the family with me, and um, yeah, they surely did keep me busy you know during the day, which made it yeah went quite quickly. So you reckon when you're out surfing, it's the fact that you're South African and not the fact that you're 
maybe a beginner surfer that uh, would make people not want to surf you. One hundred percent beginner. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a couple of good surfers in South Africa. I think Jordy Smith. You know, those those guys can um, rock and roll a wave. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fact that my my board will be slightly bigger and longer than than normal. Hopefully, you know, like uh, and then yeah, it's just for me when I when I jump off the wave. It won't be as smooth as you guys. It's more like a, just a massive <laughs> <laughs> board going everywhere. Um, but, <laughs> Morna, I've got to ask, you, you've mentioned you're, a, you're obviously reasonably large limbs uh, in terms of sort of both your no-ball issue and your surfing. Uh, I think according again to sort of Wikipedia, which is a very reliable source, six foot five you measure up at, um, was there ever a significant growth spurt or were you just long always out of the womb? I sort of I, I sort of jumped when uh, around about 16 17 so primary school I was I was an athlete you know running uh, doing everything I was even playing I enjoyed my rugby I was playing at 10 you know we don't back home in South Africa we played more union than in AFL and, and league so you know really enjoyed playing a uh, number 10 jersey putting the number 10 jersey on and then yeah when I sort of reached high school 16 17 all of a sudden you know I went uh, yeah to a different sort of level just taller and skinnier and then they tried me a sort of second row and I said hey my life I've been you know in the back line you can't put me now amongst the forwards <laughs> so that's where I quickly ended my, 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 my rugby career and focused a little bit on tennis but um, yeah sort of in my in the high school years 16, 17 you know yeah Tough luckily, you're a bit past that 16, 17 mark. I was, yeah, um, I was going to say. I was hoping he had the growth spurt at maybe 30 because then there was still hope for me, but unfortunately not. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell over the Zoom call that Lee is quite short. I'm used to sitting in the uh, podcast studio with him and having someone much shorter next to me. Uh, it's not someone taller like Mornay here. But uh, It was funny, actually, uh, I was listening back, watching back on the Big Bash game we played the other night and Andrew Simons was talking about me, and he said, "Oh, he's quite a tall lad. I reckon about six foot three. I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely no taller than six one. I'm probably six foot on, on the mark, I reckon. So I don't know where he got six three yeah, from. No. <laughs> definitely not that tall. That was but very I, that was very flattering. But I started I started my, my international career. I think I was six six seven, and with all the amount of overs I've bowled over the years, I've actually gone shorter. So, uh, yeah, I myself into the ground. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
And Morde, are we? Uh, I guess we, every time that the Brisbane Heat put out a uh, team post, as in like, here's our team, here's our squad for this round, there's always at least four or five people that will comment saying, where's Morde Morkel? Where is he? Where, what's going on? Are you able Sorry. to... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> are you close to playing a game? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Like I said, you know, the only frustration was the fact that, you know, I had ankle surgery before, just before the start of the Big Bash and, um, you know, the six weeks of quarantine. As soon as I get any physio treatment done, you know, it sets me back a little bit. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully now I'm, I'm feeling much better. You know, I got, I got a cortisone injection in my foot that um, actually had a nerve in my foot and I've got some nerve damage oh. in my ankle. That also set, set, set me back a little bit because um, my foot, my foot went completely numb. And, uh, you know, for about a week now, I couldn't move my toes. So it is now just uh, finding a way for my foot to also function a little bit. A lot of people say now the fact that it's numb, it should be actually fine. But, you know, it's almost like a It's very weird. So I had a very frustrating time, you know, the, the four or five weeks since, since I've joined in terms of, you know, off-field stuff. That is completely, un- you can't control that. It's uncontrollable. But, uh yeah, I think you know the, the blessing about this tournament. It's a quite a long tournament, yeah. you know. And then if we if we can go now and, and make the qualifiers, that's another extra two weeks of cricket. And one thing is, you know, if I'm 100 percent ready, I can hopefully bring in a completely mental sort of freshness into the team and hopefully inject that, you know, into the squad. Um, because like bubble life and you know sitting there hotel and going for training can be can get mentally draining. And you know that's one thing that I would like to do if I'm 100 percent fit is to inject that energy. And then into the team, and hopefully from there we can go and, and win the trophy. I'm not looking forward too much to facing him in the nets when he's full full tilt, because uh, I think I faced him at about 50% the last couple of couple of weeks, and um, and it feels pretty fast. Get the ball yeah, gets on you pretty quick. He's talking it up. He's been smashing me. It's actually one of the reasons why I'm delaying my, my comeback even by a week, because every time I think okay, I'm, I'm semi good to go. I bowled to Sammy and he's just like absolutely smoking. I'm like, oh, okay, no, maybe I just need to give myself another week just to get a little bit more, a little bit more, more, more overs in, in, into my belt, under the belt. I think oh. he's he's been bowling short to me a lot lately, and I think uh, he's not too happy with me. I'm actually the uh, the treasurer for the fines money here on on tour, and oh, that does um, make sense. Yeah, Mornay wasn't here for the first fines meeting, and. Uh, he got fined fifty dollars, I think, which is quite stiff. It's it's a fair chunk of money, but I think I think the fine might have been because he took a two week holiday mid Big Bash season. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, he, uh, he got fined the money, and it's actually something I wanted to bring up with you, Lee, because I need you to make the decision for me. Okay. Um, okay. He reckons he put the fifty dollar note in an envelope and slid it under my door at the last hotel room, but. I never found it. I never got the, the envelope. So yeah. what, what do you reckon we do there? What's the go? Because I, I did see the next day there was a big Uber Eats packet outside his door. <laughs> and I haven't seen that before. And then, you know, strangely enough, the day, the, the night I left, you know, the $50, $50 on his door, the next day there was a, you know, all Uber Eats and stuff outside. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, has, I'm surprised you're coming to me, to be honest, because obviously as you are captain of the tightest of all time, eleven. Uh, <laughs> I I find it not beyond the realms of possibility that you found that envelope, pocketed it, and then tried to blame Mornay and say, "Well, he never paid me. I don't know where the money went." Because <laughs> I've been noticing every time we've checked into it, uh, there's a hisky. He walks around with a you know like cooler box, and I I wanted to ask him what it is in that cooler box. You know, is it home supplies? Is it you know? Um, so I think definitely my fifty dollars went into a little movie night, which is fun. You know? I'm, I'm happy to. 
<laughs> to sponsor the movie night. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's either that or the client thought we were very generous and were giving her a, a pretty nice tip for course, cleaning yeah. the room for us. Yeah, well, that that's another possibility. Definitely, she would have thought it was the greatest day ever. <laughs> extra. That's why he's got extra towels. We all we all get all get one towel for for two weeks. There's a lot of towels in this room. Yeah, fifty dollars <laughs> gets you nine towels. It's a great deal. <laughs> a little bit of a bribe. <laughs> Morne, I had one question I wanted to ask you uh, because we've sort of seen a little bit of a theme, and, and certainly on this podcast, we've spoken a little bit about maybe the, the baptism of fire that can occur when you make your sort of debut, particularly in the Big Bash, but we've spoken about first-class cricket as well. And I believe yeah. that your first-class career, when you started with Easton, so I hope you were 19 years old, and I don't know that that was exactly the dream debut either, was it? Do you remember that? No, no. Not a dream debut at all. Um, but a funny thing about that was um, played that game. I matriculated. I finished high school, and I was sort of in no man's land at the time. You know, what if I'm going to go to uni or um, play cricket? You know, so I was just a typical teenager, 19 years old, uh, on the couch. And then my brother, he was playing for Easterns at the time, and he said, "Listen, we need a net bowler." Um, you know, it was like literally like three three days before the game against West Indies. It was a tour game. And I thought, okay, you know, let me go and, and bowl a couple of balls to them in the nets and just something to do. So I jumped in the car, had a good sort of run out that, that afternoon. And immediately that afternoon, they gave me like a junior, like a rookie contract, a very basic contract. And then they said, listen, two days later, we're playing against the West Indies. You know, you're going to play in this game. So I literally went from, you know, like, I think you guys call it schoolies here, from, from schoolies <laughs> to on the couch to playing, bowling to Chris Gale, <laughs> which was... Uh, yeah, they're slightly thrown into the deep end. You know, uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I actually managed to bat quite well, which is which is uh, it yeah. is quite pleasing. If you yeah, I read that. There, I did read that. That's a, right. Yeah, But um, yeah, it was a horrid start. I, mean, I can remember. I, I think I bowled the second over, and uh, I was just looking up, and there was this mountain of a man, Chris Gale. And I couldn't even see the stumps, you know, like his pads were so big, you were like, where's the stump? So, you know, just typical sort of butterflies, you know, didn't know anything about like international, well, against international team, but first class cricket, very, really raw. Um, but yeah, it was a nice way to, to start. So you said your brother, he was already in the, in yeah. the squad then and a couple of years older than you. Yeah. Was, do you reckon, do you reckon like, that actually helped you growing up with a brother a couple of years old who was also a good cricketer. Did that help you develop as a cricketer yourself? No, for sure. I mean, the amount of games we played in the backyard, um, especially later on when I sort of I understood the game a little bit more, I could have, you know, good conversations with him um, because he was a powerful hitter, especially my white, my white ball game, you know, uh, as a bowler, you know, setting up sort of power plays and stuff like that. You know, he was a good soundboard. But yeah, for me, like, like for thinking back of that, I mean, the dressing room we had also in the Eastern's time was, um, you know, there's a very intimidating uh, dressing room. You know, so for me, coming in there as 19, I mean, I could barely speak, you know, 10 words of English. So it was uh, it was Afrikaans and, you know, when the captain, Daryl Cullen at the time, which is a, a grumpy old man, you know, if he, when he spoke to me, I was like, oh, you know, it was, just, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was quickly into the deep end and, you know, I needed to find my way to swim and, yeah, it was a great way to 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 learn basically. Yeah, I used to love watching Albie play. Yeah. Um, I watched him in the IPR. I always thought he was underrated. You know, when I was younger, I was all rounder. I used to bowl a bit of meds and 
and, and try and whack him. And I thought he was a very good player. I used to love watching him. But you guys, you actually, I, I read the stats on me, you were the first brothers in 56 years to be named uh, South African Cricket Annual Cricketers of the Year yeah. in, in the same, yeah. same year. Yeah, we, we're quite lucky. We had one or two seasons playing for South Africa where things really, really, really went well. I mean, I'll be... But like I said, he played. He just played in a, in a in a tricky time. You know, Callis was sort of the main main all rounder um, at the time, and you know we were sort of well, we, but South Africa was still sort of finding with Pollock as well, finding you know a position for him. So some games he'll bat three, other games he'll bat seven. So it doesn't you know if he had like a proper sort of run at a position, you know I reckon he would have done you know his stats would have matched up a little bit better. But um, yeah, at least I mean he played. I think. 50 or whatever ODIs and managed to get the one test match where you know debuted you know good test match so yeah it was quite pretty special to, to play with him you know um, like I said you know, to walk, in your, walk into the field with your brother and, and to share your World Cups and stuff like that is sort of a special moment mm-hmm. and obviously your life's taken sort of a different pathway now Morno is he still in South Africa do you still get to stay in contact with him quite a bit so we, we, we are, we're a very close family. Um, he's, he's back, still back in South Africa. Um, he's involved with Namibia cricket now. Um, they qualified for, for the T20 World Cup, so he's there as a consultant. Mm. And I'm um, still pretty much involved with our first-class team, the Titans. Um, so, yeah, still, still part of the game, but all the family you know, is back in South Africa. And, uh, yeah, I'm sort of finding my feet, yeah. I'm, it's exactly like my debut against the West Indies. I'm here in the country, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, trying to find our feet and, and, and setting a life up. Well, I was wondering if we might be able to sort of delve a little bit deeper into that. Obviously, just in terms of how you actually came to be here uh, in Australia full-time, obviously very happy to have you here, by the way. Welcome and please stay. But I was just, just sort of interested in how you went from sort of playing so many international games of, of cricket. Uh, obviously, we're, we're not usually linked with being a romantic podcast, but I'm quite intrigued as to how uh, how that relationship sort of formed I guess and then led to you living here full time yeah um sure so to cut a cut a long story short my wife is uh, is Australian and um we lived uh in South Africa in Cape Town for six years while I was still playing you know for South Africa yeah I just you know when I decided to retire um I signed a three-year deal for for Surrey and um for me it was just my wife Ross wanted to get back into it was important or important she wanted to get back into work and you know it's quite tricky with her visa in South Africa you know to 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 work and it was important for what she felt like she wanted to get back into it and for me it was a no-brainer while I'm still you know going to go play the county circuits and the T20 stuff you know if I can get a base for a year in Australia you know it took a lot of pressure off me um, when I was away in South Africa I was and safety is a big thing that's not you know beat around the block safety is a big thing so yeah I was always nervous when I left home for them and then just it just gave me the peace of mind um, you know in Australia she would be able to work and things will be okay. So that was the decision for me, for it, or for us to move to Australia. And then, yeah, I think it's also for me, she gave quite a lot up when we first met to for me to continue playing for South Africa. And it was just sort of now in my turn to, to to also compromise and and come and see Australia and, you know, come and, yeah, so hopefully we can set up our family life. Yeah, I mean, I always say South Africa will be will be my home. I, I didn't leave, you know, a lot of South Africans, when you, sp- when you speak to them every year, they left. You know, because something bad happened with bad blood. I don't have any bad blood in South Africa. South Africa will still be my home. Um, but I'm, um, yeah, definitely enjoying, you know, life in Australia. But it is it is a scary thought, backing everything up. You know, I've got no network here. I've met now 12, 
20 amazing guys now in the Brisbane East squad. But, you know, before that, I was pretty much just doing my own thing in Sydney and finding my own feed, which is, you know, sometimes challenging. But, uh, yeah, so far, you know, it's been amazing. Yeah, yeah and you've got a couple of young boys. Did yeah. they, they realise what sort of level you've played at cricket, do you reckon? Are they any of them at the stage where they think, gee, my dad's a superstar, he's played <laughs> as many tests with them? Mm, uh, no, no, they're still, still too young. Now. But they do enjoy go, going going to all the games and you know, seeing all the, I mean, especially the Gabba now, the, the, the sort of innings, the break entertainment that they've put up there on show is, is incredible. So they love the fireworks and the music. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, I've, I've taken a lot of photos over the years <laughs> and, you know, kept a couple of good newspaper clippings. So hopefully we can show that. And, you know, luckily, yeah, YouTube is there for them to one day go and have a look. But, uh, no, they, they're way too young for that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Aside from your brother, Albie, uh, another person that you obviously a superstar that you played a lot of cricket with during your international career is uh, A.B. de Villiers Morneau. We always read in Australia all these articles. I don't know how much mayonnaise was put on it, but it was always like A.B. de Villiers was a freak athlete at every sport, like lacrosse, reckon golf, tennis and rugby. And uh, We always read those those stories. I was wondering if like – I've never read the same about you – but maybe it's just because you're a much more modest guy. Are you a, are you a freak athlete or anything else? I just operate under the radar. I like it. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want the spotlight on me. I, th- I felt, you know, um, yeah, this is the best way for me to, to operate. But lived with AB um, for five years when we were playing, you know, for, for the Titans back in Pretoria. And, yeah, this is incredible. You know, just me, my brother and AB in, in one house. Um, so it was quite a... Like in the mornings, you wake up and you challenge yourself. So we go for runs, we go to nets. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, sort of uh, part of my life. Um, but yeah, he's just an absolute freak. You know, naturally at everything. Pick up, pick up a guitar and give him five minutes, he'll be able to play a song. Um, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a type of guy that you you actually you you, know, you hate him because everything comes so natural. You know, a lot of us you know, spend hours and hours and hours to. So get it slightly, you know, to, to find perfection where he's just an absolute natural, you know, he'll, he'll take a couple of days off and uh, three or four days off and then, you know, his first week in the nets will be everything in the middle. And I'm, I'm like, if I take three three days off, you know, just to find a little bit of rhythm and land the ball consistently, you know, it yeah, doesn't happen so so easy for me. But, um, yeah, it's was, it was a great time, great time. Yeah. I think he's uh, selling himself short a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, there's, there's actually a story I heard Oakley might have even sponsored him briefly as a as a surfer. It might have been a, got to go to a surfing event. Um, really? You know, called up, given the call up, come in and have a, have a bit of a surf. Oakley will, you know, sponsor you a little bit. Yeah, no, it's not so. That's not the the real story. So the story is the the guy in South Africa that you know is, is part of Oakley. He's a big surfer, Seth Ali. And um, like I was also, I was you know three days into I had like my first lesson. I was three days sort of into surfing, and then I. I've posted this photo. It's my profile picture of me surfing this wave. <laughs> so Seth sent me a message. He said, Mone, um, you know, do you surf? And I thought, okay, I'll give it to the big ones because, you know, obviously, I mean, what's the chance that I'm ever going to surf Seth? He's like, um, I said, yeah, Seth, you know, I'm, I'm surfing. I love it. You know, the move to Cape Town has been great. He said, listen, so we're doing a little thing for Oakley on the on the weekend. Um, you know, can you, do you mind, you know, coming in Dale Stane and, couple of the fuff to see and then, you know, we can have a bit of a surf, have a bit of fun in the waves. And I'm like, sure, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. So I arrived that morning. Um, so Musenberg, just to, to rewind, Musenberg is a great way. You know, it's a, for beginners, that's the place you want to go. Um, so I was in Musenberg for three days. And then, yeah, so 
rocked up Saturday morning um, at uh, it's called Big Bay in Cape Town. The name says it all, Big Bay, and I just got the car, and I can just hear these mountain of waves just like crashing, and I like immediately knew that I was in trouble. Yeah. And anyways, put up a brave face. Um, eventually, paddled out to the back, sat there at the back, and said, "Like, listen, this is your wave." And uh, I'm like, I saw this thing coming, and I started paddling, and um, it's about to just get onto the wave, and you know, like that split second where they say that don't look back or don't look down. I looked back, and I just saw this thing, and I it's almost like the video footage of me like trying to back paddle <laughs> as I started to panic. So it was a big nose dart, board everywhere. I popped up, um, and then it was like the set just kept on rolling in, and this this waves were just smashing me everywhere. And as soon as I tried to get back on the board, I'm five meters back. And uh, yeah, eventually my shoulders were so tired, I had to call Seth to come and I had to hold on to his leash and he had to paddle me <laughs> oh, <laughs> to no. safety. And I was just like sitting there, I'm like, you know, you go, you risk your life and you need to die for a bit of oak leash. You know, it wasn't worth it. So <laughs> yeah, that is my, my second experience of, of, of a surfboard um, from foamies to, you know, <laughs> entering the green room as they say. I didn't even know all the, the surfing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. How many how, how many times has has mentioned to you that uh, he's a sponsored athlete when it comes to surfing as well? Has he slipped that into conversation quite a few times? No, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, we've definitely spoken about surfing, but I haven't I haven't mentioned the uh, the Notox surfboard yeah. sponsorship. I got to like stick it on the back of my bat surfboard company, but uh, okay, but definitely not because of my surfing ability. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, then uh, you can definitely sort me out a little ten foot longboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten foot longboard, yeah, they'll get custom made though, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, is there is there um, a few players here who have like sort of taken your eye? Is there anyone who's sort of latched onto you and, and really used your experiences? Asked you a lot of questions. Anyone in the squad that comes to mind there? Um, yeah, I've had some some fantastic conversations with 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 the boys. Um, you know, I, I'm really impressed with Xavier Bartlett from yeah. a running point of view. I think, you know, as a young boy, um, you know, to come into the power plays, there's a lot of pressure on power plays, and the way he's been executing at the power play and at death at night in that wet game, you know, blown away by him. Um, he's got a beautiful shape on the ball. So, you now I reckon I reckon he's definitely one um, to to watch out for in the future. Um, you know, Maxi Bryant up front, you know, very aggressive. Yeah, so I think I think the thing that I'm blown away about about it is like, you know, just the humbleness of, of the squad and the team. You know, they're all willing to 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 learn and looking to improve every day, which is great. Um, you know, like uh, uh my, my first sort of impression in Australia and at this this dates back to two thousand and eight, you know, when I first toured here. My mum and dad gave me a video camera and I said, listen, go and take lots of videos after the tour. You know, we want to sit down as a family and we want to see Australia and we want to see the people and stuff like that. And you know, that this series that I played was mentally, it was so hard. And the, the amount of abuse as South Africans we received was so, so tough. I was, I was blown. Like, you know, I, I didn't stay. I didn't get out of my room. And so eventually when I got back and the family was all there to watch the mortal trip to Down Under, <laughs> there was no tape. And I, as soon as I died, I said, no, Australia, you know, whatever. What a bad place. The people are just <laughs> abusing me. The cricket, they're abusing me. In the morning when you walk past the Aussies, they didn't even greet you. I'm like, what a well. And, um, you know, so that was for like when I was younger, my first experience. But now I'm just blown away by, you know, these guys to see how they operate and how they go about things. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's special. I'm glad you understand our humour a bit more now as well because I think you still do cop a fair bit from us. I think mm-hmm. uh, we have a, have a go at you every now and then. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I think you understand that it's not too serious. Well, yeah. No, it was, it was a little bit different in the national level, <laughs> yeah. I must say. Um, especially when you, 
yeah, all this abuse and turn around and it's a 12 year old kid. His head can barely, you know, look over the side screen and he's absolutely spraying you, <laughs> which is quite interesting. But yeah, you guys got a very good sense of humor. I must give it to you. Well, One thing you, I don't know if you like too much is a couple of the restaurant meals you've been you've been given so far. One of the early early restaurant meals I think he got delivered to his room in Canberra was uh, nachos, and um, we, have, we had a bit of a get together. And the nachos obviously wasn't good enough for him because he had to go to Woolworths and buy extra salsa, buy guacamole and yeah. sour cream and mince or whatever. And, and he had to eat. I think he left a lot of it on the floor on um, the carpet, but he made his own nachos yeah. basically after <laughs> the poor quality that was given to him. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a foodie and everybody that knows or enjoys nachos, you know, the cheese and how you melt the cheese or, you know, that is, that's very important. And the, the nachos from the, from the, the particular place, I can't mention the name, receiver from you know, this, there was like still under the, 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 the tellers or the chips, there was still like, you know, normal, there's not melted cheese, it was still like gold cheese, so this oh. just, it's a big no-no, and the salsa was gold, and yeah, no, but, not, not, a, not a five star. No, I think that's, that's surely a fair blow up, and if you're ordering nachos, you're not expecting to get the frozen version. Exactly. That's fair. I'll tell you one person, by the way, just to wind back to that question has, uh, I'll tell you one person that I reckon has developed a serious man crush on Mornay. Uh, and he was actually the original host of this podcast. It's James Baisley. He messaged me last night saying, you've got Mornay coming yeah. on tomorrow. Somehow he knew before I even knew. And he was that, ridiculously excited. Yeah, I've, I've connected with, yeah, with, with, with him. Um, I must say he's the biggest, the biggest ringer on the golf course I've ever seen. So that's, He's actually lost a couple of points in my book, to be honest, because he played at a 10 yesterday and he was driving every single green. And, uh, you know, he took my money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know if it's an Australian thing. You know, I'm milking the South African. You know, my rands don't go a long way anyways here in Australia now to take my money in the golf course and, you know, to buy <laughs> and fines with it. Uh, it's not right. But anyways, we'll sort that out after after the show. But uh, yeah, James, what a, what a good man. You know, um, I love sort of at night sitting in his room and just chatting about you know, cricket, um, you know, chatting about life. He's, he's, quite a, he's got a quite a deep personality. And, um, yeah, I think he's one of the, the youngsters also you know, that I, I would like to take under my wing and, and just help him and, you know, try and you know, make him see the, the game a little bit differently. I'm looking forward to Bayes coming back and playing for Redlands because he hasn't left Mornay's side of training. And I think he's got about six new soul balls he's learned. Um, and even though he doesn't bowl a whole lot for the Brisbane Heat, he's our opening bowler at Redlands. So um, looking forward to all the wickets he's going to take with those new soul balls. He's yeah. definitely going to be your MVP. Maybe the strike weapon. Well, yeah, it's good to hear, Mornay, because uh, on YouTube there's actually there's a video of you naming your all-time 11 uh, that, and, uh, that you've ever played sort of with or against. I think there was like 10 of the 11 with South Africans. There was Smith, Callis, Stain, Kevin Peterson as well, South African. So it's good to hear that there's a couple guys from the Brisbane Heat that you reckon might eventually join that 11, take some spots. So I actually, I, I made a call on, on James. I said, you know, He's gonna, he's gonna, his T20 game is just gonna go to the next level. He's gonna eventually play a handful of games for for Australia, T20 games for Australia, and then he's gonna go into reality TV. So that's my 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 call. I'm putting it on record for. I'm gonna actually see that so well too. No, that's that's him. You know, he's, he's, he's that's his personality. So uh, yeah. But coming back to that World 11 team, you also noticed that there's basically uh, nine batters in that side because yeah. as a fast bowler, I 
with my feet up. So I, I wanted the better just to pass for days and then, you know, for bowling just to be able to, to chill a little bit. It's a quality side. I had AB de Villiers batting at eight and keeping. <laughs> second year ball because how many times is that a number 10 I had to go face the second second year ball I had enough of that so my gun batters at 8 well, AB might have to give the gloves to someone else and bowl a few if you've only got two bowlers in the no, team there's, there's a couple of runners <laughs> nah, there's Flintoff, uh, Flintoff Callis there was, there was enough bowling actually basically yeah, yeah. 12th man and as captain I'm rebutting we're getting 750 done and then we you know we if we we bowl him out we definitely not enforcing the follow we're batting again and then that's it no result team we're just going to go for the draw <laughs> um and Mona, i just wanted to ask you one question too you sort of uh mentioned it before just when you went from sort of your international cricket uh, and then obviously your county cricket and, and over to australia you still have been sort of playing some grade cricket haven't you in sydney there yeah yeah i've played i've played one t20 and uh one sort of the Red Bull game. The only thing is, like, the thing I find it very hard is you guys play your, your Red Bull cricket over two Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of a tricky thing. If, you know, if I, at this stage of my life, I want to spend as much time as possible at home with family and stuff like yeah. that. So if you rock up there on a Saturday and, you know, when it does in your bat, it's like a Saturday, you sit next to the field and you do nothing. You know, um, we're at the stage, you know, I wanted to get some prep done for Surrey to go over and, at least I get a couple of overs under my belt. So it was, um, it was a challenge thing. But I do, do enjoy like the, the one-day stuff and the T20 stuff. Um, and it's nice to, to go back and give back to cricket a little bit. And yeah, play a bit of club cricket. Uh, get abused. Well, that's what, that's exactly what I was gonna ask. That's exactly what I was gonna ask you. Is uh, if if because I, I mean I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would assume sort of coming from playing multiple tests one day as twenty twenties for at international level, rocking up to grade cricket, you're probably not matching the exact same intensity when you when you get there. I was wondering if there's been a player during any of those games that that sort of made you want to wind up and and have a proper crack at him. Not so much the player. Uh, I, th- I think the, the T20 we played was um, at, uh, at Coogee. Now the field is right on the beach and it was like an afternoon game. And yeah, my luck, you know, the boys obviously had a, had a, a swim in the morning, some of the locals and a couple of beers at lunch and then they walked past and they saw this this T20 game at the field. So they nestled in under the tree there and then, yeah, there was tuna morning or lobster morning. <laughs> They they three hours of fun, you know. But yeah, luckily I'm used to it now. And if it was sort of eight years ago, I'd have, I would have been very emotional about it. But now it's yeah, it's water off my back. They're not the most imaginative nicknames, and I mean in Australia where we're probably known for giving people nicknames a lot, yeah. we love we love giving nicknames. I I haven't heard too many around our squad of nicknames you've got. I mean that. I think I've heard a few people mistakenly call you Morn or Morny, yeah, things yeah. like that. But are there any are there any nicknames? I feel like talking about it on the show too. Are there any nicknames you've had over the years that have been like, even in South Africa or uh, it starts with a C? They normally just call me the C. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, that's a term of endearment yeah. here, Morno. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I know um, I mean, he's still in the prime of his career, of course. Um, oh. But, but uh, life after cricket, I've yeah. seen I've seen uh, stuff on your Instagram. You like car racing. You like going to uh, car racing events or things mm-hmm. like that. I think you're probably a bit tall to get in the in the race mm-hmm. car. Probably don't fit in a race car, so that might take that one away from your options. But what else? What else are you thinking? Have you got anything in mind to do once your cricket ends? Yeah. Look, I mean, I had a. A handful of plans when I was still living in South Africa, yeah. you know, but obviously life has changed now. Um, you know, life is not in Australia. So different network, um, 
yeah, so I, yeah, for me, I would like to get back into you know, get back to the game, stay involved in the in, in the game, you know, coaching, mentoring. Um, you know, I, I really honestly, honestly feel, you know, this game is ninety percent sort of mental. So for me, if I can, you know, break the shackles you know, from guys overthinking the game and trying to make it as simple as possible, I think that's you know that is a battle of one. So yeah, definitely giving back to the game, staying in, involved, doing doing some coaching would be great. And then yeah, from there, you know, also with COVID and traveling nowadays, it's it's tricky. You know, we've got some some um, some opportunities back in South Africa for for winter clinics and doing safaris with that and and you know the whole package. But you know, traveling now and quarantine and COVID has has put that all on hold. But um, yeah, other than that, it's just figuring out sort of life here. Um, first thing is to where where I want to be want to settle. We've been in Northern Beaches or in Queensland. Um, you know where I can live my my best family life. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a scary but also exciting time in the next sort of two three years. But um, yeah, we'll cross that path once I decide to bang the boots up. Yeah. Well, Mona, I think you've uh, been incredibly generous with your time, mate. Do I send the invoice to you? Or do I just <laughs> well, give it to well, if you give it to <laughs> yeah, send it send it to Has, but um, he'll definitely hit me up to pay it, and then uh, and then probably not give the money to you. So I mean, it's a dangerous game. <laughs> He's probably going to use it for Uber Eats. That's <laughs> right. that exactly right. No, but that's that's been a big lesson to learn out of this morning. It's definitely no more envelopes under no. the door to Has's room. No, anytime. Uh, you know. Yeah, I love chatting and that is, yeah, I think it's a great thing you guys have been going. Yeah, so good luck with it. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can we can win a couple of more listeners or subscribers and you know make you guys go something right to the top. That'd be awesome, man. No, we appreciate your help so much. Yeah, so I did I did like a little podcast um, in the UK. It's called those Oval Times. Right. Three of us. And uh, I think we were trending in Egypt somewhere. So somewhere on my Twitter <laughs> following, if I know we can maybe get you to trend <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> In Egypt, we certainly take. Yeah. We could chart chart in Egypt. That would uh, never have been done before. I don't think for the week of the Chocolates podcast has. No, Egypt would be new grounds for us, that's for sure. But yeah, anyone out there, make sure you follow Monet on Instagram if he's willing to let you follow him. But uh, he might even follow me or you if we're, if we're lucky enough. But, yeah. yeah, that's right. No, it's been magnificent to chat to you, Monet, and uh, obviously we best of luck with the with the ankle, with the rehab, with the getting yourself out of quarantine and onto a cricket oval. We'll certainly be. Very very excited to watch you when uh, when you do pull on the Brisbane Heat colours for the first time. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Awesome. Okay, guys, welcome back. That was our chat with Mornay Morkel. What a superstar. Fast bowler. He's played for the Brisbane Heat now and it's probably racking up a couple of games. He was awesome, actually. He's had some intriguing stories and uh, obviously great to see him sort of when we spoke to him. He was still going through that injury yeah. situation. But we've obviously seen him play for the Heat since and, and take his first wicket for the Brisbane Heat. So uh, things are looking up, really, aren't they, Has? Yeah, no, it's, it was, it's great to have him in the group, uh, even when he wasn't playing. But now he's playing, it's even better. He started really well. So uh, looking forward to him contributing more with the ball over the next few games and hopefully getting us to the finals. Good news. And um, did you manage to sneak in an alchemy mention in that in that chat anywhere? Oh, oh damn it. Geez. Do we have to give Lee, another wrap in the in It's the your effort? fault as well, Lee. Yeah, I have to do everything around here, honestly. That's uh, uh, it's probably something I need to get him on to. Actually, I think Mornay would love to give the Alchemy Cordials Australia products a go, so I'll have to, I'll have to let him know and um, and get a few taste testers for him if you can send those down. Yeah, I'm sure we can work on that. The, um, the, the turmeric one probably would have helped with the injury recovery. Maybe we should have gone on to it earlier, but typical poor organisation. 
That actually would help. Is there anything that enhances height? Because he certainly does not need that either, measuring at <laughs> seven foot four there. Um, and if there is something, no, yeah, throw it over this way. You probably do need it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe if the alchemy's got one that enhances hair growth or anything like that. Jeez, anything else, Skinner, while you're on a roll? Oh, hell, pretty good personality, though. Can't have it all. <laughs> Can't have a good Instagram page either. Damn it. That Instagram page gets me so flat. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, if you are listening, guys, we would love you to get in contact with us. It, it will actually be possible on our new Instagram page. It just won't quite be as uh, as impressive, but it'll build, won't it? Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, uh, but where else can people go to get in contact with the skin? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, <laughs> etc. You haven't done this before? Yeah, no, I'd normally say Instagram in there, but... Uh, you say the time. website, you idiot. Oh, yeah, and the website, obviously, which links to all of those social media platforms. So the website is wegotthechocolates.com.au and there's forms on there you can fill out to submit you know, an email sort of thing to us. So, yeah, do that and we'll, and we'll try to get back to you. Exactly. And if you do want to sample some of these alchemy products that we have spoken about and drunk tonight, then you can also get yourself a little discount code there by using the code WGTC10 when you get to the checkout at the Alchemy Australia website. Uh, has you've usually got a little call that you like to put out as well, don't you? Yeah, well, if you liked the episode, please... Wherever you listen to your podcasts, go out and give us a five-star rating and and whatever review you like. That would be awesome. Magnificent. Now, how's it? We're getting you back at some stage. It's obviously the first time that we've probably spoken to you on the podcast for a little while, actually. Well, I'd be hoping at some stage, but uh, I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, it's a couple of weeks longer than what it might be. Uh, hopefully, it make the finals and um, I'm away for a little bit longer, but... But, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have an exact date for you. I'm sorry, boys. All right, man. Well, at least get us another guest if you wouldn't mind. (laughs) I'm sure I will. All right, mate. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening as well. It's been magnificent being with you. Skin, apologize for not saying as much this episode. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. some serious apologies. That was was highly unusual of me. entirely your fault (laughs) perfect and we will be back with you again this time next week guys with episode 74 cheers good luck in the future hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, yes.